Clash Pod. Helping bridge the generational gap everywhere. The first question that I want to start out with this week is going to be related to the NFL, more specifically the defending Super Bowl champions. The question is, can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers repeat as champions? Can they? Yes. I don't see why not. I mean, but credit to Bruce Arians and the whole Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Super Bowl winning teams normally lose a few key players to free agency, but they brought everybody back. They're absolutely loaded with talent at all the skill positions, man. They have the GOAT under center. So can they? Yes. But will they? I would have to say no. It's so hard to go back to back. It's a feat that even the great Tom Brady only accomplished once. Beating Carolina one year and then turning around the next year and beating the Philadelphia Eagles. I do, however, believe they will be better than a wildcard team this year. I believe they'll run rough shot through their division, at times even making it look easy. But they'll suffer suffer a slip up in the playoffs. From who? I have no idea. I'm not quite sure yet. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Possibly. Matthew Stafford is out in L.A. now with the Rams. Dak is back in Dallas behind a healthy O-line. And the Washington football team's defense is just flat-out nasty. And say what you want about Fitzpatrick, he's possibly the best thing they've had under center in a long time. And every year, there's a dark horse that comes from out of nowhere that none of us seen coming. So can they? I'd have to say yeah. But I just don't see it happening. I do believe they will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is year two of the whole Tampa Bay experience, which is when I originally saw all of this coming together in the first place. But then Tom proved me wrong once again and just had to go and win it all in year one. So in saying that, I think that they can run through the NFC. No breeze in the Big Easy, no pun intended, and I have no idea what they're doing in Green Bay, but I do see a couple of roadblocks in Tom's way, both of them coming from the AFC. We got Pat Mahomes out in Kansas City who lost a whole two postseason games in his career, both to Tom, so he's definitely going to be looking for some payback. And they have an O-line that I believe can give him some protection this year. But the team that I have dethroning Tom and the Bucks, and I don't mean to sound like a homer here, but I'm gonna sound like a homer here. It's the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they already gave Kansas City everything they can handle. Now it's year two of the Kevin Stefanski and Baker era. We have a healthy Odell back, and he has a chip on his shoulder where he still wants to prove that he is among the league's elite receivers, arguably the best O-line in the NFL, the best running back duo in the NFL. We just drafted JOK out of Notre Dame and that kid can really smack. Brought in Clowney to play the opposite side of Miles. So I think it's clear if you ask me, all of that adds up to the Lombardi landing in the land. But with all of that being said, let's change gears a little bit. With the recent release of the NBA schedule, and let me say, boy does it feel good to have an 82 game season back. But I'm going to ask you, what are three games that you have circled 
that get your juices flowing? First, the whole Christmas Day schedule looks absolutely great. I mean, but how can you not get a little overly excited about the Lakers and the Nets in the primetime slot? It feels like the biggest Christmas game since Shaq went to Miami and squared off with Kobe and the Lakers. And I mean, it's got to be one of the most anticipated games in a long time. And neither team even went to the finals last year. We got the whole Russ and KD angle, the whole Kyrie and LeBron angle. And this is the first time LeBron and KD have even played against each other since the 2018-2019 season when KD was still in Golden State. And we're getting it all wrapped up in a huge bow and delivered to us on Christmas night. And I, for one, cannot wait. I mean, of course, there's a couple other games I'm looking forward to. You know what I mean? The Sixers home opener, October 22nd. You know what I mean? Because I do believe Ben Simmons will still be a Sixer, and I want to see how the crowd welcomes him after that whole meltdown disappearing act he had in the NBA playoffs. And it's not going to be an easy matchup as they're facing off against the Nets. And Ben is probably going to be having the guard, the world's most dangerous scorer, and Kevin Durant for most part. So I'm definitely want to see what happens with that one. And no, November 12th, I got circled, you know what I mean, for my, my own personal reasons. I always head down to the Rocket and take my son to a Cavs game for his birthday. And this year, they just happened to be playing the Pistons. You know what I mean? Evan Mobley, the third overall pick, going against Cade Cunningham, the first overall pick. You know what I mean? There you have it. There's just a, a few games that I'm personally looking forward to. How about yourself? Well, the NBA didn't wait too long. They're giving us the Eastern Conference Finals rematch on opening night. And if KD's toe wasn't on that line, who knows what would have happened in that seven-game series. Then there's MLK Day, which is always a day I look forward to watching basketball on. And we got the Hawks in their awesome jerseys playing the defending champs in the Bucks. This is another one where who knows the way the series would have went if Trey didn't get hurt in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see that one. And I'm also excited to see probably the most decorated Raptor of all time head back to the six with Jimmy Butler and the Heat to take on the Raptors. I know they're going to give him a hero's welcome and I've already voiced my opinion in the past about how excited I am to see Lowry paired with Butler. And I know I already said three games, but what is not to love about February 18th, 19th, and 20th All-Star Weekend in Cleveland at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse? Hopefully, fingers crossed, I will be there. But um, real quickly, that wasn't the only basketball news this week. A panel of 10 scouts and execs had Giannis and KD splitting votes 5-5 five and five for best player in the league. And there was a king who wasn't too happy about not getting a single vote. Should LeBron take it personal? Dad, what do you think? I think LeBron should take it personal. He had zero votes for being the best player in the NBA. Hell yeah, he should take it personal. I believe people are just prisoners at the moment. They've been trying to give Giannis the crown for the last few years now. But for one way or another, the Milwaukee Bucks always flamed out in the playoffs. 
Now he's having historic finals outings and he's hoisting the Larry O'Brien. He's going to Chick-fil-A and he's he's ordering 50 nuggets. So all of a sudden he's splitting votes with Kevin Durant for the best player in the league. When he himself said Kevin Durant was the best player in the league. I mean, this ain't nothing new. I'm pretty sure MJ went through the same thing when he was starting to get a little long in the tooth. I mean, Shaq was out there dominating. Kobe was gaining traction. Carl Malone was winning MVPs, but MJ was hitting walk-offs. So no need to voice your displeasure on Twitter, Bron. Make everyone remember who you are. Strike that pose. I agree 100%. I definitely think that he should feel slighted. Zero votes for the man who, in my eyes, is still the best player in the league. It kind of brings me back to our first segment on Brady. All last year, I was telling everyone that would listen on every single platform that I was on, Gridiron Girls, this podcast, and others, that Aaron Rodgers was the GOAT. Brady had all the accolades, but in my eyes, Rodgers was the greatest of all time. But then they met in the playoffs at Lambeau of all places, and Brady won and went on to win his seventh Super Bowl. Argument deaded. I was wrong. Brady is the GOAT. So now, all LeBron has to do is stay healthy, show the world they must have forgot. He is still the best player in the world. But hey, heavy is the head that wears the crown. So now on the topic of best players in the league, who do you consider to be the five greatest players in the league as of right now? I know people are saying the big man position is dying, but I think it's starting to have a resurgence. And at number five, I got the big man from out of Philadelphia, the 76ers, Joel Embiid. At number four, I got the reigning finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. At number three, I got the sharp shooting guard out of Golden State. The green eye assassin himself, Stephen Curry. At number two, this is going to hurt my heart, and I hope he proves me wrong because I feel like I'm throwing rocks at the throne right here, and, and, and it's just killing me. At number two, I got the king, LeBron James. So that leaves only one person left that could be possibly num- be number one. And like I said earlier, the world's most dangerous scorer, the most gifted offensive player in the league today, the Durantula, Kevin Durant. For me, coming in at number five, I know you had him a little higher on your list, but I'm going to have to go with Steph Curry. Number four, I'm going to have to go with the NBA 2K22 cover athlete himself. I'm going with Luka. Then coming in at number three, I have Giannis, and taking that two spot is going to have to be KD. So for my top spot, number one, I already briefly mentioned it earlier, and I truly believe the King, when healthy, is still the best player in the world. So coming in at number one, of course, is LBJ. So there you have it. That's where generations clash. Thanks for listening to the Generational Clash Pod. Be safe.
And in the words of Diggable Planet, we out, we out, we out.